now, ladies and gentlemen. Hey now, hey now, and uh, hey now. Welcome to Over the Line Hot Takes. Not a good afternoon for me. I almost canceled this episode of Hot Takes. I am, no pun intended, I'm hot. I'm pissed off because of this ridiculous dog that I'm dealing with. I talked about it on the show. As I do most things when I get on here, just I'm always saying that. I'll, I'll talk about it on the show. But this dog, man, I, 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 I got to get rid of it. I, I can't stand it any longer. This dog absolutely 100% has to go. So it's, uh, it's taunting me at this point. I want y'all to understand what I'm dealing with. So this dog is outside, all right? There was a, a tiny gap in the door of the gate of the back fence, and he somehow got out of it. And now he's running around the neighborhood, but it's so hot he's coming back to the house and he's laying under the shade in the front of the house, right? And uh, he's just laying right in front of the window. I said, so I got this dog catcher tool, which has never worked. I've never been able to use it on any dogs. Uh, I'm going to use it. I'm going to go through the window over the top and I'm going to snatch him up. I thought it would work. He had no idea I was up there. No clue. You want to take a wild guess as to if it worked or not? Here, I'll just let you watch what happened. Look at him. Look, look, at, look at his stupid little face. I want you to... Look at his stupid little face right here. Hold on. I'm about to change the camera angle. Oh, my God. Look at it. Look at him right there. Just staring at me. Y'all can't see it on your screen. Let's see if I can make it a little smaller. You see him right here? Look at this dumb little face down in the corner. Just living his best life. Not worried about me. Mm. Mm. I'm telling y'all. This was back in the day. I don't remember what they would have done back in the day, but I'm just... <sighs> that dog's got to go. It's not my dog, but I'm tired of dealing with it. So if y'all want a Shiba Inu that's mildly stupid, I'm trying not to use the R word, but that's basically what he is. He's uh, he's an R word. Vaporforge bringing you this part of the show. Don't let me forget about those guys. All your vaping needs, 205-874-9010 if you need the number. Oh, 4673, Highway 280 right there. Proud sponsors of Over the Line. If it weren't for those guys, we wouldn't be making it happen. So what do you want to hear about? The recap of the uh, the winners and the losers from the debate pretty cut and dry in my opinion and I think most people kind of have the same line of thinking but I keep reverting back to the most shocking part of last night's debate which was the if Donald Trump's convicted and still and becomes the party's nominee are you still going to support him if you're running for president right now and the guy that's overwhelmingly leading everybody else is the question that's on the table, your best bet is to just say, oh, yeah, he's a good guy. I would I would support him. Because you are alienating literally half the base at that point when you say 
you don't want to support the guy. Especially when you just showed up for a debate that required you to sign a pledge that says you would support the party's nominee. I said it a while back. I said, if Donald Trump wanted to do it, sign the stupid pledge. And then when you get on the debate stage, tell him to shove it. Because that's what these guys did. You knew that's what they would do. You know, Chris Christie wasn't going to get on there and be like, well, I signed a pledge, so I guess I got to vote for Trump. I got to support Trump. No. His whole gimmick is based on hating Donald Trump and how much of a threat to democracy Donald Trump is. It's a joke. But here was the most shocking part of last night. To me, I saw this, couldn't believe my eyes. You all signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. That's what is shocking to me. There's so much happening in this frame, first of all. And if you, we'll go through the progression real quick. Here, here, we'll back it up, and we'll just start back from the hand raising. Raise your hand if you would. <laughs> what a joke. Okay, okay, so let's dissect this real quick, all right? We're going to do it person by person. Who's the first one to throw their hand up? Looks like Vivek Ramaswamy, right? All right, so Ramaswamy's got his hand up. That's one. Who's next? There goes Nikki Haley, Tim Scott right behind him. Oh, there goes Governor of North Dakota. And then Ron DeSantis looks to his left. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll raise my hand. Mike Pence is like, oh, crap, I got to raise my hand, too. And then Chris Christie puts his hand up but claims he was just waving for uh, his check at the restaurant. Asa Hutchinson's, however, he, he held his own, and he said, no, I told y'all I wasn't going to support the guy. He was the only one that didn't raise his hand. My question is, and this is where the winner and the loser comes in. The loser in this debate is by far Ron DeSantis. I'm not saying he was the worst one in the debate, but he is the biggest loser because he had so much to gain and did very little to gain it. He didn't just not gain what he needed. He lost support last night because he i heard leland make this analogy today he was like a potted plant that was just sitting there i mean he wasn't he wasn't adding anything and some of his answers didn't even make any sense watch this one more time this is again this is the one thing that stuck out to me count on your fingers the seconds go by as Ron DeSantis tries to figure out if he's going to raise his hand or not. Convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. And then look how quick he raises his hand after he looks to his left and he sees everybody to his left has their hand raised. He's like, oh, oh, crap. Then Mike Pence, same thing. Oh, oh. And there's Chris Christie. Chris Christie throws his hand up. Now, they ask him, they ask Chris Christie, hey, we thought you didn't support Trump. He's like, oh, no, 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 I I didn't mean that. I was just kind of waving it off like, no, I wouldn't support Trump. (laughs) But he definitely raised his hand. I don't think any of these guys had a clue as to what they were doing on the debate stage other than Vivek Ramaswamy, who was probably the winner. As you know, yesterday's podcast was about this guy. And my suspicions that I have 
about Ramaswamy. And I still have those suspicions. Nothing changed last night after the debate. The only thing I took away from Ramaswamy was he's smooth. He's a smooth talker. He's saying all the right things. Does he mean those things? God, I hope so. Because he could be a future... He looks more like a presidential candidate than Ron DeSantis does right now. He looks more like a presidential candidate than any of the guys on the stage right now. So he's definitely the winner from last night. We just don't know if he's the real deal or not. Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie, honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. And if people at home want to see a bunch of people blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country, they could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. But I'm not running for president of MSNBC. I am running for president of the United States. We're skating on thin ice, and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. We have to end the weaponization of justice in this country. 30 seconds, Governor DeSantis. Let me tell you something. I'm sorry. 30 seconds, Governor You make me laugh because you you sit here in an answer. You sit here in an answer right Oh, they're booing him hard, bro. They're, they're, they're giving him the business. And this is another thing that works in Ramaswamy's favor. He's over there laughing. He's having the time of his life where, where Chris Christie is just getting obliterated at Vivek's expense. He's loving it. Absolutely eating it up. And the visual for people on that front, they're like, oh, yeah. Chris Christie just finished his political career. You sit here and answer. Go ahead. Oh, you're not going to let him talk. You're done, Kazi. There was a couple of different careers that, um, or, or should I say, presidential campaigns that ended last night. I, I'm not willing to say Ron DeSantis, that his campaign has ended, but it definitely is in worse shape today than it was And one of the bothersome things is he uses the talking point of, well, Trump didn't fire Fauci. Trump surrounded himself with the deep state and made the deep state stronger. Yet the people he's hired to help him run his campaign have given him awful advice all the way through this deal. No matter how good he is or he isn't at campaigning, they have been giving him horrible, horrible advice. So what does Ron DeSantis do? He starts firing people, and he hires people that are even worse. He's hired a Jeb Bush acolyte as his new spokesperson. Look at this. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign appears to be undergoing a reboot with the hire of former Florida Speaker of the House, Jose Oliva, as a senior advisor and spokesman. The hire may indicate a significant departure from DeSantis's strategy to defeat Donald Trump in the Republican presidential primary by running to the former president's political right. I doubt he's going to be running to the right, but <laughs> I don't know that Jeb Bush is the pool you need to be fishing from. We'll say the pond. Most of you don't fish in a pool, right? 
I don't think the Jeb Bush Pond is the site you need to be fishing at. Because again, Vivek Ramaswamy, and I haven't seen any polls today, at least post-debate, but Ramaswamy's out here crushing it, Cole. And I'm not promoting or I'm not even dismissing anybody. I'm not trying to promote Ramaswamy and I'm not trying to trash DeSantis. I'm just calling it like it is. It doesn't matter to me. My guy's up by 40 points and wasn't at the debate last night. I didn't care who came out on top in this debate. I didn't expect a lot of anything. But we ended up getting more than I thought we would. With the guy with the funny last name, which, by the way, awful line. Stole it from Obama. Don't do that. (laughs) That was his only mistake last night. But some of these guys seem so robotic. So, hmm, I don't know. And maybe it was nerves or what. Ramaswamy seemed like the only guy that was comfortable. Nikki Haley seemed snippy and like an angry white chick. Tim Scott. Great guy, great conservative, but he's out of his element. He just doesn't have the firepower, the firebrand to bring the heat. Ramaswamy was the only guy. Here's some more of him from last night and him giving some fiery speeches going up against people like Mike Pence. Poor Mike Pence. We do need somebody of a different generation to lead this nation forward. Look at the way I've run this campaign. Going to the south side of Chicago, to Kensington, in the middle of Philadelphia, where traditional Republican candidates don't go, we have an opportunity to build a multi-ethnic, working-class majority to deliver a landslide. And I think I'm the only candidate in this race, young or old, black or white, to bring all of those voters along to deliver a Reagan 1980 revolution. Same, We're going to do it in 2024. Same question. Do in a presidential election until okay. I, I will answer that. This, I will answer that. Listen, Linda, listen, listen, Linda. Did I say it was Nikki Haley that came off as an angry white chick? I think it was Mike Pence, actually, that came off as the angry white chick. <laughs> because he was he was not having a good time. Mike Pence was not having a good time whatsoever and it seemed as if everybody that went up against Ramaswamy ended up just getting completely trashed completely ravaged you got people on this stage that won't even talk about issues like social security and medicare I mean, Vivek you recently said uh, a president can't do everything well I got news for you Vivek I've been in the hallway I've been in the west wing a president of the United States has to confront every crisis facing America I will put our nation back on the path to growth and prosperity and restore fiscal responsibility just as I did in Congress and as governor Mr. Vice President and when I was vice president but yeah, I mean we hold on, on. Yeah. Yeah. you were named earlier I'm going to get Vivek first we'll get to both yeah, this isn't that complicated guys and by the way before we get to Vivek's comment Notice how Ron DeSantis tries to get in there, tries to butt in a little bit to make a comment, and they're like, no, 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 hush, hush, and he just shuts up. You can't do that in these debates. You got to get in there and just cram it down their throats. Guys, unlock American energy, drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear. 
put people back to work by no longer paying them more to stay at home. Reform the U.S. Fed, stabilize the U.S. dollar, and go to war. The only war that I will declare as U.S. president will be the war on the federal administrative state that is the source of those toxic regulations acting like a wet blanket on the economy. So I'm not sure I exactly understood Mike Pence's comment, but I'll let you all parse that out. For me, it's pretty simple. That's something a U.S. president can do with focus, and I'll deliver on it. Oh, jeez. Savage, bro. I almost feel bad for Mike Pence. Oh, man. Poor guy. Poor milk toast Mike Pence. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Pretty bad for Mike Pence. What a fall from grace, too. I mean, uh, we all liked Mike Pence, and we thought he was actually a really good fit for vice president. And, you know, he was kind of that cool, calm, collected conservative that was going to kind of anchor Trump down. We all knew Trump was a loose cannon going into 2016. We voted for him anyway because we, we thought that's what we needed. We needed the bull in the china shop. But that bull needed a, what do you call him, a matador? It, he needed a rodeo clown. That's what he needed. And so Mike Pence was that rodeo clown. But he turned out, in the end, on a day uh, we recall as January 6th, he turned out to be just a regular clown. That moment, he was fine. He was fine up until that moment, and he wrecked everything. Because it was just days before, days before January 6th, he was in Georgia preaching to a crowd how the election had been stolen and that they were going to do something about it. And he gets up there, well, I can't I don't have the power to do anything. Well, then why, why are we going through the process of allowing senators and, and representatives to come to the floor and make a speech on how they object? What's the point of that? And why, and why did after that Congress went and changed the rules on the powers that the vice president has? when counting the electoral votes. If he couldn't do it, then why did you have to change the rules afterwards? Makes you think. But nonetheless, Mike Pence is done. Mike Pence was done. By the time he started his campaign, it was done. I was actually personally shocked that he even announced. So Vivek, the winner, the big winner. Uh, Ron DeSantis, the big loser, only because he had the most to lose. The rest of them didn't really have anything to lose. They were going into the debate losers. But one thing that you heard a lot of in the debate was one word in particular, which is woke. Woke this, woke that. It's fine. I, I use the term woke sometimes, but I do think it's overused. So there was a lot of that. But thinking that that term is overused in instead of thinking it's a racial slur. Those are two different things. That's what MSNBC said. Just a day before the debate, they're like, you know what? The term woke, using the term woke, if you are a right-wing extremist, is the equivalent of using the N-word. Dead serious. MSNBC said that. They said it's a racial slur. You look back at the civil rights era, and see how they called the civil rights movement communism. Which means they, the Republicans that are using the term woke now are using it 
to talk bad about black people. It's amazing. I'm going to get this clip to play in a second. If it'll work for me. I do have to say, though, these people never cease to amaze me. When I think I've heard the most ridiculous thing coming out of the left, they're like, hey, hold my bud light. I got you something better. We're going to talk a little bit now about the debate tonight when the Republican presidential candidates take the stage in Milwaukee. There is one word voters should expect to hear. Woke. MSNBC's see Tremaine Lee is with us this morning. Tremaine, great to seeing you. The word woke means so many different things to, to different people. Where does it come from? That's right, Jose. Well, for generations, the term woke was a part of black American in-speak. It meant to keep your eyes open, stay aware to uh, the forces that might be around you that might want to cause you harm, be vigilant. Uh, but in recent years, it's been uh, co-opted, some would say hijacked by uh, far right-wing conservatives and turned into anything but uh, a feeling of awareness or a warning for awareness. Take a look. And I think by now, you've probably heard it. This woke ideology. Weak and woke. Wokeism. Over. Woke lunacy. And over. Woke beliefs and policies. And over again, woke has become a charged political catch-all phrase, often used as a battering ram and a battle cry, and to many, a slur. It's almost another way of saying black. It's another way of saying the N-word. Say what? The N-word? For real? It's another way of saying the N-word. Again, MSNBC pulling a hold my Bud Light gimmick. Can't believe it. It's another way of saying black. It's another way of saying the N-word. <laughs> These people. These people. Woke is the new N-word. You think you're just using some sort of hip terminology for wacko leftists, but no siree. You're saying the N-word. So as many times as woke was said on the GOP debate last night, I think there's only one thing we can do at this point, and that is cancel Fox News. That's it. We just got to outright cancel them. Now, I do have to correct something I said last night. I said we got a notice from Fox News at the radio station saying that we couldn't play more than three minutes and we had to credit Fox News every time we played a clip or anything like that. Sounded like a very Fox News thing to do. Uh, actually, that came from corporate like for my company. So um, they just didn't want to get sued. It makes more sense for them to do it. I thought Fox News was doing it, which seemed a bit ridiculous that they would be so antsy about exclusively keeping their stuff. But whatever. Uh, I don't think they're missing out on much because I don't know that the ratings are going to be that good, at least in comparison to uh, uh, former debates, debates that have Donald Trump in them. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe we'll know in the next couple days. Now, on the other hand, you heard seeing MSNBC saying the, the, the word woke is essentially the N-word. If you think that's a crazy take, how about the take from CNN panelists who thought that everybody would be watching the, the debates, but nobody would really be watching this counter-programming on Twitter where Tucker Carlson was going to be interviewing Donald Trump. This guy, whatever his name is, Bakari Sellers, thought that nobody's going to watch Tucker and Trump on Twitter. Of course, none of this wants to work for me now. Let me play you 
this guy literally talking out his backside. Which when you do that on national TV, it's got to be quite embarrassing to be bent over backwards on live TV in front of everybody. Let's see if we can get this right this time. Come on, computer. Let's go, baby. You know, he's not there probably having an opportunity to win the debate. And then the third tier is going to be those individuals who actually have some fortitude who stand up against Donald Trump. And those two individuals right now are only Asa Hutchinson and Chris Christie. Okay, he's he's predicting who's going to win the debate, and he says it's going to be Asa Hutchinson and Chris Christie. So I think those are the three tiers of individuals who have an opportunity to win tomorrow night. And just for the record, Donald Trump's counter-programming is horrible. I don't think anybody's going to be watching Tucker Carlson on, on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. And I don't think anybody's going to be responsive to his quote-unquote counter-programming. How- yeah, yeah, nobody's going to be watching that. Nobody at all. I, I bet you, as a matter of fact, while we're doing this, let's just go ahead and look up the current numbers because I'm sure they're super, super low right now that uh, hardly nobody's seen it. Um, let's look. Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump. Oh, here it is. All right, so, so far it's got 234 million views, uh, which is about, uh, what is that? About um, two-thirds of the entire country, three-quarters of the entire country, 180 retweets, 180,000 reposts, 17,000 quote tweets, 688,000 likes, and 57,000 people have bookmarked it. I don't even know what bookmarking something on Twitter means, but 57,000 people have done it. And that's from Tucker's page. That's not counting the people that have stolen it and shared it on their own page so they can get the clicks. That's just a portion. So needless to say, Tucker and Donald Trump won. Is Donald Trump the first person in history to win a debate that he didn't show up to? Has that happened in the past? If it has happened in the past... It was probably a debate from 2016 where Donald Trump didn't show up in Iowa, if I had to guess. Here's a little sample. You've probably seen this already, but a sample of some of the stuff from Tucker and Trump. I didn't think someone else has got to be running the government. Well, somebody else has to be. Uh, I don't think he's capable of doing anything. Look, when I debated him, I said, how come, and this was in front of, probably not a friend of yours, Chris Wallace. He was the moderator. Not a friend. I said, why did, why is it, he wants to be Mike, but he doesn't have the talent. It's one of those bitchy little little man. He wanted to be his father, but he didn't have the talent of his his father. That's so good. father was great as father. little fussy man. A little fussy man. (laughs) It's like I worked with a guy and he hates his guts. It's so great. His father interviewed me in 60 Minutes. It was actually a 10. Can you believe it? No, I totally believe it. His father had talent, at least. I may have been the only guy that he gave a good 60 Minutes. He was rough. Really? His father was tough. He was great, though. He was great at what he did. But uh, Chris Wallace was so upset. He was guarding this guy, who wouldn't do a show, by the way. You know, he wouldn't do I figured I didn't mind Chris Wallace because uh, he wouldn't do... Biden wouldn't do a show, and it was very obvious. You know, he kept asking him and asking, but he wouldn't do the show, so I figured he's got to like me. But he came from a different planet. But remember when I asked the question, why is it that the mayor of Moscow's wife is allowed to give you $3.5 million? Don't forget, that was brought up now. It's brought up all the time, but that was brought up by me long before anyone ever heard of it. I said, the mayor of Moscow's wife giving you $3.5 million. 
What did you do to deserve three and a half million dollars to Biden? And Chris Wallace said, this doesn't, uh, this has nothing to do with the debate. <laughs> I mean, he fought. He got in the way of the question. No, he, well, it was, it was crazy. And I said, well, wait a minute, he got three and a half million from the mayor of Moscow's wife. Now, people forget that, but if you go back and take a look, you will see. And Chris Wallace didn't want me to ask that question. I said, no, because Chris Wallace was on the side of Joe Biden. He did not want any more Donald Trump. Do y'all remember that? Let's take a stroll down memory lane real quick. The, the debate between Biden and Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is rightly bringing up money that nobody, really at that time, nobody was talking about how much money that the Bidens had gotten from foreign countries. The Burisma thing was kind of new. We had Tony Bobolinsky out there and other information showing the, the Hunter Biden laptop, if you will, but just information signed off by 51 intelligence officials. All true. And this, from the Russians, from the Russian, the Moscow mayor's wife, three and a half million dollars to Hunter Biden. Nobody was talking about that at the time. But Trump had the intel. Trump knew, and he tried to bring it up in the debate, and this is how he was treated. China with ate Mexico. your lunch. That All right, gentlemen. China ate your lunch, Joe. And but, no wonder okay. your son goes in and he takes out, he takes out oh. billions of dollars, takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, Simply while we're at true. it, why Simply is it, just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barisma to deserve one hundred eighty-three thousand dollars? None of that is true. Not answer. Not none of that is true. Oh, really? He totally didn't give three and a half hey, Mr. President, it's totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he talk, didn't get three and a half million dollars yet, Mr. President. Mr. President, it is not true. Oh, really, Mr. Oh, president, but, Mr. You, it's an it's an open discussion. Please. Mr. President, please stop. Now, you, you, it's a fact. Well, There's, you have raised an issue. Let the been totally Vice President answer. Discredited. Did Barista was pay him one hundred eighty-three thousand a month? With, with no experience in energy? This, By the way, this was a genius strategy on the part of Donald Trump because we knew Joe Biden was breaking down. We knew he was frail and tattered and couldn't string sentences together. And he knew if he got him in there and he got him flustered, Biden was going to look like an idiot, which he absolutely did. But, Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Burisma. I think he did. Mr. President, guy that let him answer. He doesn't want to let me answer because he knows I have the truth. His position has been totally, thoroughly discredited. By who? And you the media. By everybody. Well, by the, by media, the media, by our allies, by the World Bank, by, e by everyone <laughs> has discredited. <laughs> matter, of fact, matter of fact, Mr. even President, the people who testified under oath. So let under me ask oath. you this. Every, no, no, oath. go ahead, mister. Every, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you, Joe Biden. You're my favorite. I really hope you win this debate. Please keep talking. We're going to ignore Trump as he as he tries to tell the American people what's really happening. Chris Wallace is a dishonest piece of garbage. Fox News, even though I've got friends there uh, and there's there's good people there. But the company itself is a shell of itself a shell of its former self it's garbage it's done it's completely abandoned its base it's essentially done what uh what the bud light has done 
It says, uh, hey, I know you guys are our bread and butter, and you've made us all this money, and you love Tucker Carlson and everything else, but guess what? F you. We're going to get rid of Tucker Carlson, and we're going to dump Trump. Let me know how that works out for Fox News in the long run. As a matter of fact, there was, uh, I don't even know if I've got the story, but the, who was it, OAN? OAN, instead of discussing the debate in real time, obviously Fox News had the exclusive rights to it, they reached out to Tucker Carlson and asked if they could air the episode of Trump and Tucker Carlson on their show. Real America's Voice. That's what it was. Real America's Voice. Dan Dan Ball, I guess, is uh, this, guy's, this guy's name that hosts this show. And he said, you know what? We reached out to Tucker's people. We said, hey, could we use your interview for our programming? Oh, no, it is OAN. My bad. He said, hey, can we use your uh, your interview for our programming? We just want to play it in its entirety. They're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Literally ends the show and says, y'all enjoy Tucker and Trump. Listen to this. This is fantastic. Carlson, because you have a treat right now. I'm going to shut up, and you are going to see the Trump-Tucker interview that is broadcasting live over on Twitter or X right here on One America News. Tucker granted us, I think we're the only ones, permission to air this. So forget the debate. Watch Tucker and Trump, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. That's a way to stick it to them. I like that. I like that business model. I like what you guys are doing over at OAN. i got to watch more of that. Anyway, thank you all for checking out this episode. Make sure you show some love by leaving a comment, leaving a like, sharing with your friends, family, subscribe to us on all the platforms, whether it's YouTube Rumble, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so you don't miss an episode of Over the Line. We do them every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And, uh, I, I mean, we try to. I almost missed this one because that stupid dog. Anyway, we'll be back with the new hot takes coming up on Tuesday. Y'all have a good weekend. And until next time, see you, cuz. <laughs>